Awareness, the final frontier. These are the explorations of Jonathan Robinson and Brian Tom O'Connor. Their continuing mission, to discover fresh new paths to the mystery within, to seek out new joys and new methods of awakening, to boldly go into the heart of expanded consciousness. This is Awareness Explorers. Welcome back, Awareness Explorers. Always great to have you in this conversation about how we can tap into our true nature, experience higher consciousness, more joy, love, peace, all the things that are pretty much impossible to find in this world of constant chaos. Uh, how are you doing, Brian? <laughs> I'm doing fine, Jonathan. Thank you. And I am noticing that the world is uh, crazy and in constant chaos, but uh, there is joy to be found nonetheless. Yes, there is. I have a, a magnet on my refrigerator that's a quote from the Buddha says, apparently he said this, do not look for peace in the world. You will not find it there. Uh, I like that quote. Yeah. Luckily, there is a place we can find it, and that's uh, part of today's topic, which uh, is one that's close to my heart and one I've been exploring lately, and that is what's keeping me from the experience of presence? What's keeping me? What's in the way? Uh, why am I not experiencing presence, awareness more often? And I've been studying this and making observations and trying not to get depressed because I have an infinite variety of ways to not be present, evidently. <laughs> it, the, the list keeps growing, and I'm proud to say that um, I may be really, I found a new talent, how not to be present. There, there are many ways to do it. But when I bring up this subject, uh, Brian, what, what comes to you is what keeps you from being present? Well, I, I just think of all the the reasons why we don't do it. I mean, here we here we are. I we know uh, you and I, at least, and many many other people we know. We know that there is within us an infinite well of joy and happiness, and yet sometimes we sit around and we don't go there. And why? Why don't we? And I think it's a, it's a huge question. Why, when we have the skills and we know that we can drop into that at any time, why don't we choose to? Or um, if you're a meditator, uh, why don't you meditate, for example, is, is a question that's, I think, all part of this topic. Yeah, and that's looking at it through a bigger lens. I have more looked at more moment to moment, but it is an interesting question. And I will give you my superficial answer, since you did not ask. Um, <laughs> and my superficial answer is that it's kind of like presence is a little bit uphill. It goes against something. It goes against how our minds work. It goes against our habits. It goes against the culture. And somehow our minds are always trying to do stuff and they like doing stuff and presence involves letting go of some aspect of ourselves that is very deeply ingrained and at first feels like when we go against it there's a little bit of resistance and you can get used to facing that resistance but you have to be kind of aware of it that it's a little bit like 
trying to stop a car. You know, uh, a, a car in motion will tend to stay in motion. A mind in motion will tend to stay in motion. So there's always some effort, even if the effort is a non-doing effort, to try to tap into that treasure within. Right, and it also has to be, you also have to do it often enough throughout the day that it starts to become second nature. It, it sort of becomes muscle memory, um, where you almost do it automatically without thinking. But mm -hmm. I find, for me, there's something about my particular brain, and I'm sure most people are this way, it really likes to have a problem to solve. Mm -hmm. it, 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 it's very much like a retriever. You know, the dog that 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 wants you to, to throw that stick or that stone and you throw it and it takes it and it brings it back to you and it drops it at your feet and it begs you to throw it again and you throw it again. And if you don't keep picking up that stone and throwing it, it'll whine and conjole and keep wanting you to throw. So my brain is like that. Say, oh, oh give, give me a problem to solve. Um, yeah. Maybe a crossword puzzle or a video game or something like that. Or think about the future. And it really likes that. And um, the thing about it is that I found is that you can't really fight that. You kind of have to let it do that and then notice what's noticing the mind wanting to solve a problem. What is the problem-solving mind appearing in, which is pure awareness. And that's when you can start to relax without trying to control the mind. Just let it do it, but notice it from spaciousness. I think that's a, a really important point that if you try to, quote, stop the car or stop the mind, it doesn't work very well. But if you kind of are a passenger and you can notice that you can be involved in doings, you can be involved in problem solving, but that's always within the container of awareness that that is an easier, you face less resistance anyways. Right. My version of problem solving is I have a mantra that I seem to have that is going in the background. And that is, as soon as I get X done, then I can fully relax into presence. Right. And it gets very subtle. It can even be as soon as I get this sentence said, then I can relax. <laughs> or as soon as I have this one thought, but more so as soon as I eat breakfast, as soon as I watch the news, as soon as I get through my list. Of course, one has never gotten through all these things. So it's a trick of the mind, That's right. that mantra. Mm -hmm. um, but that can you can take decades just going along with that mantra, and you never get to the end of it. So That's once right. again, you're right that you have to realize that all our activities, all our problem solving is not going to stop. You have to step outside and watch that rather than wait till you get to the end of all your problems or the end of all your activities. That's right. You do never get to the end. And, and, it's, and it's all about time. It's all about imagining a future time when you will be relaxed enough when you will be uh, able to sit quietly or um, other kind of conditions that you're that you're waiting for or just 
finishing a, a particular task or, or, or get, or, or get over an emotion that you're having or something like mm -hmm. that. And it's all this idea that some, Sometimes. Someday, baby, someday, <laughs> everything is just going to fall into place. I will become present and it will all be over. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like a song by the Supremes or something. Yeah. <laughs> someday. Um, but, um, but it's now. Now is the absolutely only time there is. It's the only time you can drop into presence. Presence means now now is what you're experiencing and what you're experiencing now all appears in awareness and it is awareness awareness is made of what you're experiencing now and you are awareness and you are made of what you're experiencing now so whatever you're experiencing no matter what good bad comfortable uncomfortable it's in awareness and awareness is where it's at baby Ooh, I like that. That could be our bumper sticker. Awareness is where it's at, baby. <laughs> um, which goes into another category of how not to uh, sink or relax into presence. And that is um, a belief that what I'm doing now is kind of an inconvenience. Uh, so I once had a very funny and insightful conversation with Adyashanti. I was at a retreat and, you know, he chose me. So I stand up and I think he recognized that I'm willing to explore with him. And I have a sense of humor. So I told him, you know, my day consists of, you know, as soon as I get dressed, then I'll be aware. Or as soon as I'm done with breakfast, as soon as whatever. I told him this and he said, yeah, I get that. So he said, what's the goal? And I said, well, the goal is, you know, presence. And he said, well, you're going to have to look at how with each of these activities, uh, you're saying that it's not the goal. You know, you're saying, no, this isn't it. Those, No, this isn't it. No, this isn't it. So he said, what is it? You know, like even outwardly, what is it? And I, I said, well, it's either... I know I'll be there when either I'm having great sex or um, on like some famous show like Oprah or something. Those are it for, for my ego. And he said, well, how about doing the dishes? And I said, no, that's not it. He said, well, you got to look at that belief because you're going to be doing the dishes a lot more than these other things. Or how about showering or how about walking to your car because that's where life is and you want to dismantle the belief that everything else is an inconvenience because really every moment has an equal opportunity and that had impact on me and not enough impact but it definitely <laughs> had some impact and so now when i'm like you know just earlier today i was waiting at the grocery store line for a long time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it comes up, oh, I'm waiting. Well, waiting is all this philosophy that this isn't it. Mm -hmm. And we do a lot of waiting at traffic lights and traffic, at grocery store lines, on hold, at, you know, on the phone. And every time I notice I'm waiting, I have a little thing I say to myself. This is as good as it gets. And sometimes that helps me realize this is the time to be present. Mm-hmm.
And uh, what did you say? Equal uh, opportunity. What, what was the phrase you used? I really liked it. Um, equal opportunities for presence. Every moment yeah. is an equal opportunity. Right. Something like that. Yeah, I really like that. And, you know, I, I think of it as, as setting up a bunch of little reminders or triggers or something like that. Like the first time uh, it happened, I noticed, you know, whenever I walk into a bookstore, I'm always mm -hmm. wanting something. You know, yeah. I want, I'm, it's something I'm going to get from some book that's going to change me in the future. And so I use that as a trigger. Whenever I walk into a bookstore, just notice the awareness that all this is appearing in. And then whenever I walk down a long hallway, notice. Mm -hmm. And waiting is a perfect trigger. Just you sort of practice and you train yourself. Whenever you're waiting, stop, notice that now is it. Now, period, here, period, this. This is awareness right now. Everything is appearing in. And um, then you can start with a little more difficult triggers, like whenever you're having an emotion you don't want. The immediate idea is to change it, to fix it, to fix the outer world or somebody mm -hmm. else or yourself. And you use that as a reminder. Oh, ah, there's an emotion. Notice it. It's usually a, emotions actually are chemical sensations in the body. Notice they're happening and notice what it's appearing in. And so every moment can be an opportunity to stop and notice the awareness that you are. Well said. And I think these things like um, waiting or, or emotions, they all have the commonality of there's some desire that we're pursuing, which maybe is not being fulfilled. So any desire can hide awareness, just like the cl a cloud can hide our seeing the sun. The right. sun's there, but we don't see it because of the cloud of desire. That's why a lot of traditions talk about, you know, in Buddhism, desire is, is a root problem. And I don't know if it's so much the desire, but our relationship to desire, which is we must, we see desire as something that we have to get rid of right away. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it could be a very, subtle desire like wanting somebody's approval or wanting food or wanting whatever you know so that's why the sense of as soon as i get that desire filled the food the approval whatever then i can relax is so detrimental uh because there's always a desire going on you know right. not not many times during the day do you go gee everything's perfect i have no desire Mm -hmm. uh, so we have to find a way to get to presence in the midst of our wantings. Well, I think you can apply an awareness hack to desire, because desire by its very nature is about the future, something that you want to happen, that you want to change about the present, something you want to get sometime in the future. And the hack is that even a desire about something you want in the future is happening now. So mm -hmm. the desire is happening now. Oh, there's a desire. What notices that there's a desire that's not the desire itself? Yeah, or just another way of putting it is just fully be with the desire. Yes. 
Absolutely. Fully be with the desire now without yeah. a strategy necessarily to get rid of it, because that's another future thing. So if you're, yeah. if you have a desire, it's about the future. If you're saying, I don't want to have a desire, it's also about the future. It's about a time when you'll be desire free. So it's yeah. tricky, but noticing that you're having it now without resistance or a strategy to change it, or how did you put it just now? Um, being with it? Yeah, being with it. Yeah, yeah. Just noticing without a strategy to change it. And what holds us all together, as you said, is the illusion of time. <laughs> and what is interesting about that is that time is an illusion. We're always in the now. And yet everything we do is is in this is based on this illusion of time. That's right. Every every thought we have and time is a product of the mind. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's absolutely true that almost all of our plans and and emotions and regrets and fears and desires all have to do with time. And there's a practical element to time. I mean, you know, I mean, it doesn't mean that if we need to get to an airport to catch a plane at a certain time, we don't have to decide w when to leave the house. I mean, you yeah. know, that's just practically you got to do that because and we're not talking about changing that stuff. That's stuff you got to do. I'm talking about the stuff that bothers you, the stuff that causes resistance and emotional um, conflict and uh, and just kind of a sense of malaise. And that that's the that's the time when you can pause and notice that it's happening now and notice the awareness, notice your, the blank screen that it's all appearing on. Yeah. I want to tell you a story. I don't think I've shared it in Awareness Explorers, but it was pretty impactful. I was at a workshop many years ago. That was a seven-day workshop. It cost a couple thousand bucks. It was a spiritual workshop by a, a, a guru or a teacher and just 12 people. And one by one, he took us up and he would give us a task. And the t my task was, he said, I want you to have the most deep spiritual experience you've ever had in your life in the next 20 minutes. And I said, well, oh, and he said, and if you don't, I'm going to kick you out of the workshop and not give you a refund. So there were pretty high stakes. And I said, well, that's impossible. And he said, why is it impossible? And I said, well, I would need I would need something in order to do that. And he said, like what? And I said, well, I would need like, I don't know, a drug or something. And he said, no, you don't need a drug to, you know, everything's here right now. You don't need something added, added on. That's your problem is you always think you need something to make the present more wonderful or more intense. And he I took that in and he, he said, well, I would need like some kind of spiritual being in front of me. And he said, who? Well, well, Jesus would be good. And he said, okay, I'll bring Jesus into the room. <laughs> it's totally true. And I start to see this vortex of energy on the opposite wall and it just appears. And I said, and he said, do you see Jesus over there on that wall? And I said, yeah, I, I get the energy. And he said, well, ask him what 
you need to have the deepest spiritual experience of your life. So I asked, and I heard a voice said, do nothing. So this guy named Lou, this teacher said, okay, well, that's exactly what I'm telling you to do. Do absolutely nothing. And by doing that, have the deepest experience of your life. And I said, well, I don't know how to do nothing. And he said, that's my point. You got to do nothing, absolutely nothing. I don't want you to be thinking. I don't want you to be planning. There's nothing you can do. Just totally surrender. And I went down this rabbit hole of like, how do you do nothing completely? And you only have 10 minutes to have the deepest experience of your life. Or he kicks you out of this workshop. And it was kind of like all this pressure in a way to have this experience. And I kind of experienced what, you know, Eckhart Tolle experienced when he kind of let go. And I, I let go into this rabbit hole of, surrendering and not being able, not knowing how to do it, but having to do it. And I would say some kind of grace took over. I started weeping and was like high in a present state for the next three months. <laughs> wow. The Lord works in mysterious ways, Brian. <laughs> what a marvelous story. That's so great. Yeah, doing nothing. I swear to God. It is amazing how when you don't have any intention, when you don't have any plan, when you're not trying to fix anything, when you're absolutely doing nothing, it's what happens is that you notice your natural state. Yeah. It's actually there when you were born, but we it's all covered up with all this doing, 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 thinking, 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 fixing, fixing, fixing. And you start, you notice it. You notice, wow, there is this ground of being, this background, this thing that everything appears in that isn't affected by what appears in it. That's yeah. already cool and open and allowing and relaxing. And and you notice it, and, and, and it can blow your mind. You know, one of the many things I like about this doing this podcast is as we talk about it, it becomes more obvious to us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just yeah. hearing you tell that story uh -huh. put, me, <laughs> put me into a zone, you know, and talking about it with you puts me in the zone. I'm your dealer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and your mind. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, um, so the question then becomes like, how do you, what methods, what ideas can help a person to then commit to this experience of being in the moment, being fully present, being aware of the background of awareness? And I've been looking at that, and I know that slowing down my pace often helps and having a clear intent okay for the next minute i'm going to try to be present and not go at my normal pace do you have any tricks like that mine is uh how to stay with now i call it this uh-huh 
this is the key. In other words, thoughts about the future, thoughts about the past are not this. Um, attempts to fix things are not this. Um, strategies to change my experience are not this. This is what I am experiencing now. What appears in awareness? So it's a question. Can I just stay with this? That's one of many, you know, there's a, yeah. and you have to have a bunch of them. I think you have to have I a agree. bunch of them. This like, okay, the question, what notices this or who am I? Or what is this me? Or do the sounds appear in the same awareness as my body sensations? A any number of these. And you do them as often as possible throughout the day. Even if you don't sit for hours and do them, you do them many, many, many times. And they start to be second nature and you start to be, be able to just, oh, bing. <laughs> Look at that. Look at where I am. <laughs> it's back but you literally there. wrote everything. the book. You literally <laughs> wrote the book on awareness games, so you certainly have a lot of approaches. Yeah, and, that's because um, some work sometimes and some others don't other times. That's a good point. What were you going to say though? Well, I and and trying to find the ones that tend to work the best for you. You know, yeah. like it's a sorting process. Like, you know, a lot of people told me they do the who am I thing. Mm-hmm. And very few people have success with that. Mm -hmm. I know. But if that's the only thing you know, then you do that. But, you know, you have 90 different methods or 80 different methods in awareness games. And I find you're right that some work for me some days, mm -hmm. some work for me immediately, other ones work later. Um, and I found my three or four favorites and I try to do those as often as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, I like the idea of just doing mantras, like, in a way, th this is it, is a mantra. This is it. Mm -hmm. Or there's no future. Mm -hmm. Or be here now. Or I um, am. I am. Right. And, you know, in our talk with Jan Frazier last podcast, she was mentioning just like being in your animal body, the sensory experience of this moment. Very That's so simple. Important. So important. I, yeah. And the body is really a wonderful um, gateway. The sensations that you're having right now in the body, right now, the breeze on your skin, the feeling of your feet on the floor, anything, because it's just simply happening. It's, there isn't an opinion necessarily, and it's not happening tomorrow, and it's not happening yesterday. It's only happening now. And noticing that, I think, is a great gateway in. And, and, and if you take the second step after, like, who has a body? Who is this me that you refer to when you say my body is the next great step that you can just take from there. Yeah. I think it's also helpful to um, anticipate and be okay with the slight resistance to these things. Because a lot of people, they don't anticipate that resistance. So the resistance wins out all the time. Oh, I won't stop or I won't focus on this. And to know that that 
it might be very subtle resistance. It might be more intense resistance. Um, doesn't last for that long, but it's very consistent. Absolutely. And resistance comes up. And I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, because a lot of times we're trying to get rid of resistance. Mm -hmm. It's a kind of a paradox, but even resistance has to be allowed. Right. And just notice what's the resistance appearing in. One of the things I like about the Sedona method is that the first question is, you know, can you welcome what's happening? So you try to do that. And then the next question usually is, can you welcome your resistance? Mm -hmm. And that's a different attitude that we have to cultivate is welcoming things that we normally are trying to, in a certain way, run away from, you know, like a negative feeling or a, a sense of needing to do something right away that we have to welcome it and be with it, as I mentioned before, rather than always, in a way, be a slave to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's so tricky, because even if the answer is no, can you be with that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and basically, I found that, you know, I mean, I, I found many, many ways to drop into this. I just think of it as the infinite well of joy. Many little, little, you know, little tricks, little ways to play with my mind to get me there. And then someday I'll sit down and I'm not there. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I've noticed is that without exception, the reason is one of two things. Either I'm trying to recreate an experience that I had in the past that was wonderful, or two, I'm trying to get rid of a feeling or an experience that I'm happening now. Mm -hmm. It's always one of those two things. And when you drop both of those, you're there, or you're here now. Yeah. You know, if I was to summarize spirituality or gain to higher consciousness, I think it would be, Allow your experience to be what it is. Oh, yeah. Because that's a doorway. If you're not doing that, it's not going to go higher. Um, allowing is like the doorway that allows awareness to be there. It allows your experience to be there so you're not running away from it. There are other doorways, but I think that's like the first doorway. Mm, absolutely. I think Eckhart Tolle has something like five portals, and I can't remember all of them. I think one of them is is about thinking, one of them is about the body, and one of them is what you just described, allowing mm. your experience to be the way it is. And I can't remember the others. Maybe our listeners will um, put a comment uh, on our website to uh, remind us of what the other portals are. Yeah, Eckhart Tolle really has to stop plagiarizing me, you know. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll allow him to do that. Well, you know, the thing is, I mean, you know, this is this is nothing's original about what we say. People have been talking about this for thousands of years in just many, many, many different ways. And we're just talking about our own experience with it and what we've noticed and what works for us in hopes that maybe it might for other people, too. Absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm going to be doing a meditation today, and I thought I would try it out on you first, just okay, so people cool. have a sense. And it's very simple. 
Um, and I do this with friends sometimes, and it's really like three questions. So I'm going to try it with you, and then I'll guide people. And the first question is, where in your body would you say that you're in any way contracted or tense? Now, do I answer out loud, or do I just... Yeah, you answer out yeah, loud. Okay. Um, probably my jaw. Okay. As best you can, try to let go of that tightness or fully allow it to be there. Yes. Good. And what do you notice from doing that? I notice a kind of tingling sensation around my jaw. It seems alive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So just asking those three questions repeatedly um, can allow somebody to let go of whatever is in the way and them being present. Because a lot of times we do have ideas and we have beliefs, but they manifest in our body as contractions. As you let go of them, you end up going deeper into just being here now. And it's very yes. simple. It's not You don't need any esoteric ideas or beliefs. It's just a simple thing that I sometimes do, and in our meditation we'll explore it a little bit more. That's right. And just before we get to the meditation, which I'm looking forward to, one other element that I wanted to introduce here is Earlier, I, I said, why don't we do it? Why don't we in a day? Why don't we stop and sit and meditate? Why don't we go to awareness when we're caught in, in thinking and, and other kinds of, when we're out there, when we're somewhere else and not present? And when you talked about the relaxation, the finding where we're resisting and where in the body, when we do really, really relax and really let go and really allow, sometimes some feelings just come up that have been kind of buried in there. And sometimes that mm -hmm. can be scary for people. And so sometimes people don't want to to do it because they they might be afraid of the feelings that might come up. What would you advise in that situation? Uh, there's therapists. Uh, I, I mean, in a way, when I, when I coach or do therapy with people, I try to bring that up. So seeing that as a good thing rather than as a bad thing, like, yeah. oh, you might be getting to something that is a, a big block and we can root it out quickly and then you'll be more free. So your attitude towards that stuff that comes up is important. Um, yes. And also trying to pace yourself, you know, you, I use the analogy that it's nice to surf a, a five-foot wave. It's not nice surfing a 50-foot wave. So having support or, or being gentle with yourself that when stuff comes up, you allow that. And knowing that if anything ever becomes overwhelming, you can either get outside help or you can maybe go for a walk and work out, you know, because that might have been too big of a wave for you to handle at that point. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, you can, if you know, as you said before, if you know that emotions are energy that are flowing through you that actually want to be released. And usually 
the clutching or the resistance to them is kind of what keeps them spinning around inside. Mm -hmm. And when we're really relaxed enough and really allow ourselves to feel them, they actually change. They want yeah, to go they, away. They don't last forever. They do. They move. It's kind of like a, a unstuck toilet. Yeah. Yeah. They move. <laughs> it's true. <Yes. laughs> it's true. And they want to move. Uh huh. And, and once they do move, you feel better. They exactly. You feel better. But they want to be. But in order to move, they want to be noticed. They want to be acknowledged. They want to be not demonized, not made right. the enemy. Right. So we have our work cut out for us. <laughs> or and I hope that, that this discussion helps people to ask the question for themselves. Okay, well, what does keep me from being more present? And that they make it a, not an intellectual idea, but a living inquiry that in that inquiry, what's keeping me from being more present now, you actually become more present in that moment as you ask that question. And you start to see the patterns, the habits that get in the way. And that's how this, uh, this all becomes dismantled. Yes, beautifully put. So I think it's time for a meditation, uh, but that was a really fun exploration and I hope it's useful and let's go right into it. All right. So this meditation is probably best done with eyes closed, but if you can't close your eyes, feel free to listen along. And the goal is to answer the questions I will be asking inside your head. Of course, you can say it out loud as well. But the first question is very simple. Where in your body would you say there is some contraction or tension? Just kind of scan your body. And if you notice a place that's contracted or tension, just allow it to be there as it is. Then ask yourself, as best you can, can you try to let go of the tightness or contraction? Can you let go of the tightness or contraction? Or can you simply allow it to be there without resisting it? And as you let go of the tension or you let go of the resistance of it being there, what do you notice? Do you notice any change in your experience, any opening, any spaciousness, any difference than before? And if so, what do you notice to be different? 
And we're going to do this again. Where in your body would you say there is some contraction or tension or lack of spaciousness? Just find one. As best you can, can you let go of that tightness or contraction or let go of your resistance to it being there? And as you do that, do you notice anything being different? Or what do you notice? And we're going to do this one more time. Where in your body would you say there's some contraction or tension or perhaps resistance? And can you let go of that tightness or contraction or can you more allow it to be there fully and completely as it is. And as you do that, what do you notice? Do you notice more peace or spaciousness? And what is that experience in? What is noticing? Does what you're noticing have a center or is it more boundaryless? And very slowly, I'm going to want you to begin opening your eyes soon if they were closed. But see if you can maintain this sense of open relaxation in which presence is naturally there with your eyes open. Or if you notice as your eyes open, there is some contraction. Notice where that contraction is and see if you can Allow that to melt and just be.
just being with whatever is here, good, bad, thoughts, non-thoughts, just fully allowing whatever is to be in a spacious background of awareness. And when you're ready, go about your day. Welcome back, Brian. As I said, I always like watching you. <laughs> you look like my dog when he is getting his ears rubbed. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel like that. Oh my gosh, I'm so relaxed. I'm not even so sure I'm going to be able to move my mouse when it's time to end the recording. <laughs> <laughs> But I also love where you took us after the relaxation and the letting go in, uh, of our tension when you took us to the spacious awareness that is all appearing in. Mm -hmm. I feel huge and not in a bad way. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> well, that was really fun. And I think an important exploration for everybody to take. So... If you have a friend or family member that can benefit from hearing our explorations that may be experiencing a little bit of tension during this time, looking for peace in all the wrong places, please pass on this podcast to them. Tell your friends and all that stuff. We do have a donate button also if you find this useful. We It costs money to put these out, so please give anything you can and anything you'd like to add, Brian. I think you summed it up beautifully. I don't have any more to add except uh, to say that uh, I really enjoyed talking about this subject with you today. I, I felt like we, I felt like we were talking about it from, from there, from here, from the awareness that we are. Yeah. And being true explorers, which, um, always feels exciting and good and fun. Yeah, it is fun. It's fun. It's not, mm -hmm. it's not so serious. It's, it's just, it's fun, right? Yep. So have fun and keep exploring. Keep exploring. Thank you for listening to Awareness Explorers. To learn more, you can check out our website at awarenessexplorers.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. We'd love it if you would post a review. And please share our link on Facebook and with family and friends, because knowing yourself as awareness is the greatest gift you can give yourself or someone you love. I think that was one of our most important shows. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I was thinking, yeah. I had everything. I also liked uh, that there was some humor in it. Oh, yeah. That's always, always good. Um, I, I remember the first time I heard Eckhart Tolle say he was doing this long meditation and he was talking and the end of it and he said and and it's not serious <laughs> <laughs>
I liked, uh, I was watching a retreat of his, it was a video, I guess, and um, he's just sitting there, like maybe three or four minutes, and he says, if you're waiting for me to begin, you're kind of missing the point here. <laughs> I know, I know. He's, uh, he's, he's really marvelous, actually, in, in so many ways. It's, uh, yeah. He says... Says the truth. He knows where it's at. He's one of the. Well, it's one of the amazing gifts to our world. Yeah, among many. We should have him on the show. Yeah, uh, get him. Maybe you could get him on the phone, and we can talk about setting up a date. Hey, Eki, baby, we had an idea for you. Want to blab with Jonathan and me about stuff? Yeah, we want to, we want to spread the word. Of what yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. You know, because not we feel not enough people know about you. There's people in Papua New Guinea haven't heard about you yet, and we're trying to remedy that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I'm going to stop recording now. Okay.